did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? Hello, survivors. This is Makeshift back with another edition of Wastelander Stories. My guests this week are all entertainers from Wasteland City who have been around long enough to know their way around the dusty streets of the apocalypse. First up is the voice of Wasteland Radio, second suit of the Wasteland Communication Corporation, and bar-certified Swedish lawyer to the denizens of our foul-winded city. And bar-certified Swedish lawyer to the denizens of our foul-winded city. Except that bar is Wasteland Elvis's taking care of business Tiki Bar. That's right next door to his studio. He is the Swede. Hey, makeshift. How's it going, buddy? Oh, not so bad. How does one become uh, a Swedish lawyer? Well, there's, look, there's a lot of paperwork involved. The main thing is you have to speak legalese. (laughs) And legalese is basically Swedish, if I remember right? Yep. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Second up is one of the founding members of the Last Chance Casino, who's now enjoying free agency. He's the shiny diamond in the rough, the spinning party ball, and go-go dancer extraordinaire. You may see him lighting up a room or hosting only the best swill parties. He's Big Disco. Uh, Why, hello there. How's it going, buddy? Uh, It is going quite well. I am delighted to be in this weird virtual ether with you. So remind me what your disco ball suit is made out of. What are all the shiny bits? Uh, those shiny bits are pieces of CDs, which uh, old folks might know stands for compact discs, uh, <laughs> thus tie into the name Big Disco. I never picked up on that. That's amazing. Well, I am impressed with that fact. <laughs> <laughs> like disco, discography, but it's also just a man who wants to dance all the Walking time. Walking Mirror Ball was definitely what I was going for, and you clearly picked up on that. So, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're in the right ballpark. Awesome. And last but not least is that fiery nuke with an explosive personality. She's the madam of the Molotov Molly's variety show. You may see her late on a Friday and then first thing on a Saturday when it's time for boozy yoga. She's Mitzi Mayhem. Hey there, nerds. What's up? (laughs) And Mitzi, thanks so much for filling in. I know you got the least notice out of everybody today. (laughs) No problem. Happy to be here. I have a very busy schedule, what with quarantine and everything. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Oh, fantastic. I'm really excited, guys, because um, I'd mentioned that you're all entertainers in some facet. We have Wasteland Radio. We have a stage performer. And Disco, I think you just, you're always looking to make people smile. Is Is that about right? Uh, That is indeed about right. (laughs) The things that make people smile are sometimes uh, very strange things, but I'm I'm usually there for it. Disco doesn't need a stage to be on. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Disco's always on. With that, Disco, um, how would you like to kick things off? Because I know you've got a story about a lost wastelander who needed to track down some things. I do. Uh, So, um, you know, the end of the world, uh, there's a lot of stresses involved. Um, as I think everybody might be uh, learning a little little more than we'd like right now. Uh, uh-huh. So I, I had kind of a feel-good story I wanted to throw out there. Um, I love it. And uh, it, it charts, charts a course from hubris to uh, whatever the opposite of hubris is. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's where we could start if, uh, if you want to do that thing. Yes, please. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, I, I feel like it's always important to defer to the host of any situation. Uh, it's, it's an important precedent to set because I'm usually the host of the situation. And uh, God damn it, you better defer to me. So, uh, <laughs> Am I just completely throwing you off here? <laughs> it it's is like all good. one thing throwing us all off because usually the person making us feel good is Mitzi. Aww. <laughs> so true. 
I am struggling to remember a time when I felt bad around Missy. So she's right? friend. You guys, you guys are entirely too kind. Uh, all right. So fun facts about Big Disco. Um, I am not very crafty or good at making things, which is uh, a little bit of an outlier, I think, in the Wasteland community. Um, and the thing I respect about a lot of Wastelanders is they're way better than I am at uh, making shit and doing clever things with physical stuff, right? But I'm good at gimmicks and concepts. So I've been able to ride this one gimmick for a long time, and it's worked pretty well for me. Um, <laughs> but for people who, you know, uh, these physical things and crafting is like a big deal for them, and that's like part of how they interface with this event, uh, th an expression of their joy or thanks or whatever is to give little trinkets, right? And I'm sure all of you have received little bits and bobs from people all the time. Of course, there's classic, you know, uh, uh, logo bottle caps, but there's all sorts of little like medals and things. And if it's a thing I can immediately pin to my costume, I just will. And that's the end of it. Um, so Same. know that everyone, awesome. uh, yep. if you, you want to give me something. Um, but if it's not that, then uh, I politely accept it and put it in a designated pocket for this. And as soon as I get back to my tent, it is going in the bottom of a box. Um, and I, I still appreciate it. I still, I still love it, but I don't know what the fuck to do with it. Uh, and that, that can kind of throw me off. So at the bottom of my costume box, it's just been accumulating this like layer of, uh, I realize I'm doing some visual references here, <laughs> which I'm not going to translate at all, but um, this layer of paraphernalia. And most of it is, you know, the whatever. But some of it's some cool stuff. I, I have I had a War Chief Grimm signed uh, playing card. Oh, wait. I'm going to interrupt you right there. I don't know if everyone knows this, but uh, this show, Wastelander Stories, now has a drinking game that if oh someone mentions War Chief Grimm, we all drink. So I, here's I, I first drink. Know Cheers. Things. I guess I must drink now. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Whoops. <laughs> anyway. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, so I've got all this stuff, and some of it's like some pretty rare collectibles that I, because I am a known figure and whatnot, uh, you know, have easier access to than a lot of other people do. Um, so uh, a couple years ago, I'm doing my blackjack shift. I'm coming up near the end of the shift. And at the casino, we've got a system where, you know, everybody's got their role at a table. And we've got a few people, our pit bosses, just kind of floating around, um, seeing if anybody needs help with anything. And as soon as I get off my shift, one of the pit bosses comes up to me and uh, says, hey, we've got a guy here. He's been playing all weekend. This is Saturday night. So last night, he's been playing all weekend, big fan. He was collecting all this stuff. Um, he set it down under a table and it's gone. Uh, and I've oh, no. got like a million things going on. Can you just go help deal with this? Um, and this is when I was, uh, was boss of Last Chance Casino. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go at very least. I'm going to try and make this guy feel better about the fact that he lost all his crap. So I go over there and, uh, I take right. him around to everywhere he's been and like get him past the crowds to go look everywhere and, you know, see if we can find the thing can't find the thing he's really appreciative that i've like taken him for this time and, and i invite him back to my tent for a beer uh <laughs> and while we're just kind of talking and bullshitting and you know he's i mean like he's not like crying or anything but he's he's kind of broken up about it it occurs to me this is what i need to do with all that crap at the bottom of my box uh so i open up my costume box and pull aside my costume items and i just start scooping out collectibles that people have given me and i'm like this open your bag and I started dumping it all in there. And so he ended up with a bunch of other people's bottle caps and the signed uh, person who I won't name again's um, playing card and like uh, a few other like pretty high value things that I'd acquired since 2011. Uh, 
uh, and he, he just lit up and it made his fucking day. Um, and uh, that was, that was his so first cool. year. And That's I think great. I like to think that that person will come back. Uh, I mean, this was a few years ago. I hope they have come back. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So if you find me in the street and you want to give me your crap, I may not use it, but I will make sure it gets used well. That's so cool. And I never thought of Wasteland as a place to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just show up to Disco's tent with like a pillowcase, just like, hey. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of serious diplomacy that happens in Disco's tent. So uh, if you ever want to come by for a diplomatic <laughs> meeting, shift, uh, just use the special knock. I'll be there. You just Perfect. cap or treat. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Oh my God. I have that same box and I have that same stuff. I'm pretty sure it's the exact same stuff that you had at the bottom of yours. Um, and I'm always like, what am I going to do with this? Like I have plans to decorate another costume piece with it or make a backdrop with it, but it, it is tough to figure out what to do so with it. Can mine I, sits- can I tell you how we solved it? Yeah. Oh, no, I want to hear Mitzi's. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be way better than mine. It's, I mean, it's not, but I'm sure yours is delightful. Um, mine, I just have one of those, um, like trophy case, clear cases. And I just, I put it upside down and I just fill it up every year. So it's like the sand from every year and all of the <laughs> oh. stuff from every year gets layered. Uh, so like, like all that. of my caps go in there. Um, anything I can attach to my costume, all of it gets layered up in there. Uh, where does those this, go? The caps or the stuff oh, that no, can the, attach to my costume. The trophy thing that you are creating in this process. Yeah. Do you oh, have, like, it sits in my, it sits in my bedroom. Room? <laughs> it's just in my bedroom like at all times and then i bring my little temporary bucket that i keep in the cuddle bucket with me for that year's stuff and at the end of the event i come home and i dump it on top and add the new layer so great and that, that's that is way cooler than mine <laughs> but now you got to share yours anyway sweet i don't know that's just, that's just gonna be a letdown okay so <laughs> let me down gently so i've uh kind of Compared to the other two distinguished guests here, I've, I've been way more of a wasteland <laughs> recluse than anyone <laughs> in that uh, I wouldn't say like I'm an unknown wastelander, but I hang out in a dark room most of the event. Uh, however, uh, I, I was there for the, the very beginnings of the Wasteland City Post Office. And one of the things we ran into almost immediately with the Wasteland City Post Office, this is back in 2013, is people would want to like barter stuff for mail services or like, yeah, I want a postcard, but I don't want to give you money. Can I like give you these weird uh-huh. things instead? And we always said, we'll, we'll entertain any reasonable barter. And we just ended up with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that was really funny, but also not useful. <laughs> Sometimes it was useful. I remember at one point, I think we, we might've like ended up with a tribe member out of this. I won't name names to embarrass them, but uh, I think we bartered like some fresh tomatoes which like in the context wow. of wasteland was like oh holy crap like actual fresh food yeah <laughs> nice. oh yeah that tracks <laughs> and yeah, that, fresh you know, produce that, dang yeah i didn't pin that to my my costume um but sometimes it's just like <laughs> funny weird trinkets and stuff and we ended up with such a pile yeah. finally after a couple of years of just weird trinkets because we started just decorating the post office with them uh that we actually found like a big like full length floor to ceiling curio cabinet on craigslist and wastelanded it out got rid of the glass and replaced it with like some mesh and i made some like uh acrylic panels that looked like broken glass because we were we were real concerned someone put a leg through it at some point and sliced their leg open in their camp (laughs) um and it's lit uh, the wcc does in the wcc camp to this day there is a large curio cabinet 
full of really weird stuff, uh, including a <laughs> uh, a statue or like a trophy that we got that apparently belonged to the Dukes of the Nuke from back when we were camped together, makeshift in the olden days, huh. that we just found nice. in the dirt <laughs> outside our front door, and we put it on top <laughs> of, the, of the curio cabinet, and it's been there ever since. That is fantastic. I, I can imagine Warchief Grimm just stumbling through the night and just throwing a trophy at your door. And there you go. <laughs> and we're drinking. Oh, wait. And cheers. <laughs> yep. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something he would do. The post office and I mean, the, the whole WCC camp, you guys have that set up like so well. And and part of what makes that camp so magical is one, you invite people in. Um, but two, once they're in there, there's stuff everywhere. It's, um, I think a lot of people are, think our camp is way smaller than it is because <laughs> we kind of have, I mean, cause the camp frontage isn't that big if you just look at the building. Cause we've got like mm-hmm. the post office windows, there's two of those now. So it's a little bigger. And then there's the main entrance and then they kind of assume that that's it. But if you go in, there's a lot of square foot. It's, it's a lot larger than my real house that I live in. <laughs> our wasteland house is, is way bigger than my real house that's hilarious um and even if you explore the whole house there's other areas that are like quote-unquote outdoor that are still themed and also a lot of people don't realize that there are rooms in the house that we don't bring the public into like there's right. rooms that are for viewing but there's more rooms than that and that's also all decked out yeah because we're crazy <laughs> I uh, I have recovered from some very poor decisions in some of those rooms. And, uh, can attest. They are quite yeah. nice. I've been woken up in one of those rooms by said to disco. Oh my. What? That was in the living room. That was my bedroom at the time. The house was much yeah. smaller then. That was a fun night for one of us. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I need to, it's a very short story. So I feel like I need to interject with it. Nowadays, yeah. the WCC houses is, is pretty big there's a lot i don't even know how many rooms there are off the top of my head because there are a lot of them Uh the first year it was just three rooms so we really had to like pack everyone in in bunk beds to make sure everyone had a place to sleep right and we were still having people sleep in the living room at the time and one of those beds was mine and it was on the top bunk so right when you walk into the lobby on the left there was a bunk bed and on the top bank bunk was my bed i was asleep and I wake up because someone is touching my face. <laughs> no. Now, my partner is there. So that was like not super surprising. But when I open my eyes, it's two infamous Last Chance Casino ruffians. <laughs> Big Disco and Ace Hole, I believe was his way. Ace Hole, yeah. Is he still going? I don't think I saw him. Uh, he was there for a couple days uh, last time. Okay. Um, and they're both just touching my face, like with their hands, not like in a rough way or anything, just like stroking my face. We, we both have a, a very high degree of respect for the suite. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would never touch his face in a rough way unless he requests. Right. Uh, and, and I was just very surprised by this and confused because this is how I woke up. And it's not like I, this was the morning or anything. This was like middle of the night. I'm waking up to these two strange men stroking me. Um, and you know, like you while it was, right. Like while this was a very sensual experience for me, it was also confusing and I don't, I can't really attest to the state of mind of big disco and ASL, but maybe he can go into what was going on there. 
Well, neither neither of those states of mind were sober, uh, as one might uh, be able to infer from the context of the situation. Uh, I, I can say I did not realize that the Swede was asleep when I went to engage. I had been given a piece of information by one of his uh, tribe mates who we, we were hanging out in the same room for a while prior to this moment. So okay. uh, I had asked them, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what I asked them again, not sober, but they said something to the effect of, oh, he's right there. Uh, and being already in the same room for some time and him being there, I assumed, again, not in the best of mind states, that he was awake, even if not an active participant at the moment in this conversation. And I was incorrect. <laughs> I can sleep through almost anything. I am yeah. a very powerful sleeper. And I know that you're you're up early to start up Wasteland Radio and you're oh, up yeah. pretty late at night. So when you decide it's time to sleep, you crash hard. I, I pretty much have to. Um, we usually get Wasteland Radio going. Some of it's automated now, so I actually don't have to get up as early anymore. But usually I am out the door of the my sleeping compartment, which is now closed uh, because of people like Big Disco here. Uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding um, i i'm usually out the door by 8 a.m and i mean if i'm in bed before three i'm happy about it that doesn't always work out but it, there's been cases where it's just like that's too much i just have to go to bed and yeah. i've always had the ability to sleep through kind of anything I, I feel very lucky in that regard because our campus kind of centrally located so it's loud until morning yeah that will that never is- be me I am an eight-hour sleeper, and uh-uh. That is, that is a very similar schedule to the burlesque <laughs> yoga circuit. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of which, Mitzi, um, how did boozy yoga get started? Uh, so it kind of started as a joke, honestly. Um, it started, man, I don't even remember which, what year it was. It had to have been like three, four years ago now, uh, out at... Uh, Uranium Springs at one of the detonation mm-hmm. events. Um, we were just joking about like, oh, we should do yoga in the morning. Yeah, but like drunk yoga because who's gonna be <laughs> who's gonna be sober in the morning? Uh, and so I wandered over to the rec room and we just started doing up this boozy yoga thing. And then it kind of caught on, um, which is bizarre and horrendous to me uh, <laughs> because now I have to be up in the mornings to do yoga. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's, it's a blast and it is ridiculous and it's not real yoga. It's just me sitting there like screaming into the nothingness that like, my bones hurt everybody. Do yours hurt too? Let's drink and pretend that they don't. That's uh, yoga, right? Screaming into the nothingness? Str- I think that's a pretty accurate description for yoga in general. Um, and Tracy Lynn with the Wasted Saints is an absolute saint and an actual yoga person. And for some reason let's my horrible little dirt gremlin ass get up on stage <laughs> and host boozy yoga there at wasteland. And I don't understand how or why she allows me to do this thing. <laughs> well, judging by, I I've never been cause I, I don't wake up because it's in the mornings. Enough. Yeah. And plus I take a long time to like get ready. I don't know how people like they're up I and they're ready can. to go, but no excuse. I know. <laughs> I know. Make it happen. But uh, from the pictures, I always see like it's a popular thing that it has gotten fills up. Yeah, some actual traction. Like it fills up every year, <laughs> which blows my mind because I'm like, why are you awake? Y'all should be as hungover <laughs> as I am. What are you doing? <laughs> detonation, it's pretty big. Even at detonation, way, it overflows the rec room. Yeah. yeah. 
if someone is listening to this podcast right now and doesn't have a waistline name and needs one, actual traction, pretty good Ooh, one. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that is a traction. great waistline nice. name. Also, the name that. of someone's next band. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Um, I started a thread on the Apocalypse Post Facebook, and I'm not the first one to do this, but wasteland names that don't exist yet, and they mm. are always amazing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like someone needs this, but then of course, once you say it it becomes less cool for someone to use. Right, yeah, because then it's not an organic I, name I don't anymore. Know, I've, uh-huh. I've named like over 10 people <laughs> at this nice. point. Really? Yeah. Uh, some of them include a Bad Liar, um, <laughs> uh, Firebrand. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I could list off a bunch of things that have no real like humeric weight <laughs> outside of context. So uh, I'm not going to do that, but trust me, I'm good at it. <laughs> nice, nice. That's hilarious. In the Dukes, we have a thing where if you don't have a Wasteland name, we just send you out on Saturday night and you are not allowed to come back to camp until you have your name. Nice. I like yep. that tradition. <laughs> I will say, though, I, I'm i a big believer that like the name has to be right for the person. And there are many people for whom that experience is being give, gifted a name from someone else. But I think it is totally, totally legit for people to come up with and own their own name if it is the oh, right. I chose, yeah, I chose yeah. my own name. That was <laughs> mine was my own choice. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, I don't I, like. I think I think having a wasteland name is a, is a valuable experience, but it doesn't have to be a hazing experience. Yeah, uh, just not to talk shit on the way you guys are doing it in the Dukes. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh no, I mean, we I didn't we have pick had my name. You didn't pick your name because no, you were the Andrew only Swede at one me. point. My, well, no, it's just that. Uh, um, like the vowels required to pronounce my actual name aren't really available <laughs> in English. And my first wasteland was a bunch of people who gave up and just started calling me the Swede. Perfect. <laughs> can you can you remind us what uh what those vowels are? No. <laughs> I've completely divorced that from wasteland at this point. It's not worth it. Because <laughs> otherwise, I just spend my whole day with just a bunch of people maybe, maybe coming up a, to me. Maybe this is a better way to ask pronounce my name. Uh, Swede, what is your legal name? Oh no, 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 no! I don't. <laughs> I no, do we not do share that with Wasteland anymore. That's fair. Too many people showing up at your doorstep, Swede. I've had a lot of weird conversations in places <laughs> I would not expect with people that I don't know but have met me. And it's it, this is not on them in any way because I I have met them legitimately. And it, very often I remember parts of that conversation, but I mean, everyone here knows what it's like to meet hundreds oh, and yeah. hundreds of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. And especially like I, if you're meeting them in a, in a context where you're just meeting a bunch of people every day and then you're running off to your next engagement, it's, it's, I'm, and I'm bad with names. I'm really bad with names. I remember <laughs> faces. That's exactly. I will remember your face. I will never remember your name and i hate that i hate not having that skill (laughs) i feel this the thing that i do remember and that if somebody comes up to me and i don't remember them i ask for this information is if we did a thing together if we had a moment if we had an experience together like tell me what we did together and i will remember (laughs) Uh, so somebody comes up and they're like do you don't you remember them like explain it to me and i may not remember their name i may not remember their face i may not remember their whatever costume but like if we did a weird thing together i will remember that and if you tell me that we cool yeah uh by the way wastelanders you're not allowed to change your costume uh in front of me because i will remember you by your costume and uh if you change if you're a different character i you're you're gone also if you could (laughs) the only reason i recognize big disco (laughs) 
Yeah. If you could be your Facebook profile photo and your wasteland person at the same yes. time, that would yes. really help me a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we can all admit that as Wastelanders, we almost never fully know what we're doing. And I know, Swede, you have a story about the WCC, especially in your early days uh, when you guys were trying to figure things out. Do you want to go ahead and tell us that story? Was I supposed to narrow this down to one story about how we didn't know what we were doing? <laughs> Look. That's the story. Of the yeah, right. these, That's yeah, the these story stories. of the WCC. So the reason this came up is the WCC uh, is known for uh, not a lot, but we are kind of known for being like put together as a tribe. You look very put together. We have a lot of, and part of that is a show and, and part of that, is is real we do have like organizational capability we have a lot of infrastructure that goes into getting so much stuff to the event unpacking it having it work and then packing it back up and getting it out of there in a day mm -hmm. and i do have a, a a funny anecdote about how people are sometimes confused by like what is a show and what isn't where uh jared shout out to jared butler um came looking for me at our camp and kind of the the most obvious interface of our camp to the public is the post office. So he walks up to the post uh -huh. office window and he asks if I'm there. And the person working the post office window says, I'll call him, picks up a desk phone, <laughs> dials the number, and makes a phone call. And Jared was getting like, I mean, this this is retold by the post office worker, visibly irritated. Like, why is this guy running a bit? I actually need to talk to the police. <laughs> and my experience of this, of course, is I'm in the Wasteland Radio studio, and the producer says, there's a phone call. So I, I pick up the phone, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, Jared's here. Can you talk to him? Of course I can. And he just hands the phone to Jared, who's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you playing this bit with me? And no, we have phones. <laughs> That's amazing. A lot of people are all over the place. It has a built-in PA system. It plays music. <sighs> like, yeah, we have phones. <laughs> and uh, you should have put them on hold. <laughs> you do have hold music. Uh, you can also call the bar, which is great for prank calls in the evening. He's just sneaking into our lobby and using the phone to call the bar. Anyway. <laughs> So that's, that's like the, that's just to set the bar for like, are we, is our camp like put together? Like, yes, we have a phone system. We can yeah. page people. And, and I've had the experience from tribes that are, I don't want to say up and coming because that sounds conceited and ridiculous, but tribes that are younger than <laughs> us feeling like they can't get to that level. And I just wanted to like share the fact that like we were not good at this from the, like our first years. <laughs> so the first year that I went to Wasteland was 2011, and hey, hey. the WCC was a lot smaller than it is now. And what my first little anecdote of times we did not have our shit together is we made our entire camp out of a parachute. Now uh -huh. the objective of having a camp was like to provide like some kind of shade and shelter. So what a parachute does really well is catch wind. And what it does really poorly is provide shade. So what we had was a hot box that was impossible to keep in one place. So that was fun. <laughs> Among the things we neglected to bring were things like chairs or any way to sit in the shade. So it was it, like our first year was an unmitigated disaster. 
Um, we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't like bring enough water. I got very drunk, like in a bad way. Um, it was just, oh, it was man. just terrible. Bad and we decided to come back anyway. Mm-hmm. And almost every year since then has been a slow incremental process of trying to just like fix the stuff we were the worst at the year before. Uh-huh. So the yep. next year we decided, okay, we can't do a tent because there's struggles regarding using tents for like big things. And we can't rope our antenna tower onto the back of a pickup truck with <laughs> sisal. <laughs> we decided that was a bad idea. So we built like a better tower truck and we decided to build a house at Wasteland. But once again, we had no idea what we were doing. So we made the house like way too sturdy. So it weighed way too much for two people to even put onto a trailer. Things we thought would take an hour took like eight hours. We uh-huh. Stuff fell off the truck on the freeway. Again, <laughs> not a mitigated disaster this time, but like barely mitigated disaster. Um, I think of all the new people, because Wasteland 2012, we brought a lot more people than the two who went to Wasteland 2011. And I think right. like three of us returned after that. <laughs> it was such a harrowing. We worked our people into the ground to the point where they like didn't want to come back. And that's embarrassing and awful management. And that's on us completely. So, I mean, some of those people were never coming <laughs> back anyway. But for some uh-huh. of them, I, I really feel like we just we like just pushed them way too hard. And that's a bummer and something that maybe other people should learn from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is to say that, like, how however bad you think you're doing, like all of the tribes who have quote unquote become something at Wasteland have been awful <laughs> at some point. And oh, yeah. 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 oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, you don't have the That's... listeners don't have the benefit of the video feed here, but yeah, I can just see the agreement in everyone's face of like, oh thinking that's a terrible <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. We're all getting flashbacks I... at this point. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> yep. So that same year was my first year at Wasteland 2011, and mm-hmm. um, I was not in the Dukes of the Nuke yet. I was with my own tribe uh, called the Scribes, and we were basically just the group that were going to do the videos. Um, we had the spot right outside the front gates. I had just bought a military GP tent. That's the small, like, 12-foot uh, oh, yeah. yep. olive mm-hmm. drab tent, and it's held together with sticks and ropes. Um, so I was really prepared. I set up this tent. I lived in LA at the time and I took it down to the park and I set it up in the park and I was able to do it by myself, which was, it's almost impossible to do the GP tent, but I figured it out. So I was like, good to go. Except it had typical like tent stakes, you know, the little aluminum guys that are like six inches long. And I was like, it held up the tent fine. I'm going to be so good. Oh, my sweet summer child. (laughs) (laughs) So we showed up and no, now it's, it's a crew of three or four of us trying to put this thing up in the the sand of H Park, which is about a foot of loose uh, playa, loose <laughs> beach sand. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, it was like a couple inches of loose sand there. And then like the next bit was just hard as rock dirt. The caliche. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. concrete hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're trying, we're struggling to put this tent up. And this is when I met chops. Cause he pulled up on oh, his chops. motorcycle with like nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, that sounds he, right. Yep. He had like a bed sheet that he like oh. basically roped down to the ground off of the bike. That was going to be his camp for the week. Uh, anyway, he came over in his thong. Uh, no, not his thong. His, his, his loincloth. Um, that was his loincloth. Loin yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, he's looking at us seeing how hard we're struggling and he just like he picks up a rock and he starts using the rock to hit the top of these really crappy stakes and just bending them over and just like basically bending them over and then just planting them as deep into the dirt as he possibly could <laughs> uh we still can't get our gp tents to stay up all week no matter how long it stakes we get because once the once the wind hits them once like things move around for a couple of days we're just constantly going around tightening up ropes replanting our stakes it's it's a it's an all-week struggle are for you sure. still using stakes yeah i, I gotta you... give a shout out here to spud uh <laughs> yeah. when i saw that video of him with the lag bolts and the tower and the winch that changed my life. I went out uh -huh. and bought 18 inch lag bolts and like, <laughs> Holy shit. My life is so much better. Now. 18 inch lag bolts and a portable, um, impact driver. driver. Yeah. 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 Well, golden. I, I haven't owned that tent for a couple of years now. I've been bringing my camper and hiding it in the back of the camp. So it's yeah. the, the rest of the Dukes, they need to up their game. Yeah. The cuddle Definitely bucket much, much yeah. more viable, much more expensive solution to this. Problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cuddle bucket changed my life. I will never wasteland in a tent again. <laughs> and what's the cuddle bucket? Oh, the cuddle bucket is my little camper trailer. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Which I bought off of um, Doug Corbin, one of the like OG wastelanders. So it has been in the wasteland family. And oh, when I great. someday retire, it will go on to some other wastelander. Hey, but, well, like, what was your setup before you got the cuddle bucket and how bad was it? Uh, it was a Renfair tent. It was square. And it caught the wind like a sailing ship on the sea. And was it, it made out of like sailcloth? It was made out of canvas. <laughs> yep. uh, and my very first year, I stood in the wind, holding up my tent out of sheer force of will and just like praying that someday the wind would end so that I could finish building my tent. It shredded the tent <laughs> oh and someone God. had to loan me one. Like that tent was gone after that oh year. <laughs> uh, 2016, the, you know, the year of the windstorm. Uh, mm -hmm. I know everybody's got like their windstorm stories, but part yeah. of mine was spending an hour with my uh, now wife in our bender, uh, which was not a very structurally sound thing, but the, the kind of whalebone frame style mm. thing with the two by four on top. Yep. And we spent an hour just holding onto it. I think uh, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Do you, do you want real quick my, my windstorm storm story? Do you mean uh, 2014? I think I I think I know. Yep, this that was yes. makeshift knows because uh, I slept in makeshift's tent after this story. 2014 was the year my Renfair tent was destroyed. Oh. Was that yeah. Uranium Springs too? This was at Uranium yep. Springs. Ah. Yeah. Oh, and, huh. I know this story. Yeah. So after we built our first house at, at Wasteland Weekend in, in 2012, because because tents blow away and are terrible, we decided to take part in the grand experiment that was uh, Uranium Springs. Uh, and I don't, it wasn't detonation yet. Wheels this of fire. The second year was mm. wheels of fire. Wheels yes. of fire. Salvage yep. and then wheels of fire. So this was the the first year of, of Uranium Springs. We pre-built a house and at Uranium Springs, you can kind of, uh, if you, if you get a plot, you can put up permanent structures. So we actually built the whole building in LA and trailered it out there in pieces and, and reassembled them on site after like leveling some ground. So this was a fairly small house. It was a 12 by 12 room and an eight by eight room or an eight by 12 room put together. It was all like pressure treated lumber. It was super heavy. 
And we had figured out this new way to keep the roof on more securely. We put tarps over <laughs> and then we screwed <laughs> these slats of wood down into like the frame through the tarp. So it was like clamped on because the previous year we'd have tra- problems keeping the tarps on. They would like shred and tear off in bad ways because it gets right. kind of windy out there in ways that wasteland like people who've never been to uranium springs but go to wasteland when they complain to me about wind i just like giggle at them because like yeah oh, you don't even know. <laughs> yep so the first night of the second year we come back our house is intact there's basically nothing wrong with it we put on these these new roof tarps that we figured out how to attach them better and everyone's partying because it's the first night of the event myself and my partner marie go to bed and we're laying in the house and the wind is kicking up something fierce. The yeah. whole house is rocking around. It's not like anchored to the ground anyway, because it's just so huge and heavy. It's just rocking back and forth. And like the door keeps flying open. So we have to like, it's like rope the door shut somehow. And this is just a real house door <laughs> that we framed in. And then. I remember my partner saying like, should we like try and do something with the house? Should we like hold it down? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know that we're like our two bodies weigh enough to make any kind of difference in this situation. Like, what are we going to do? And like, as we're saying this, the house tilts up a little bit, takes off about eight or nine feet straight up into the air. And I can see it. I'm laying, it tears off the floor tarps. So we're still laying on the ground. And I see the whole house just like in the air in front of me. And I, the only thought going through my head was like, this is going to really hurt when it comes back down. <laughs> and then it tilted over and flew to a hill and just smashed itself to pieces. And then a light showering of rain came down and hit us as we were yeah. laying there in our sleeping yep. bags. Like, okay, that just happened. <laughs> Everyone but boy, on that roof stayed floor. attached. Oh, yeah. It carried the whole weight of the house. Yeah, good thing that didn't tear away. Everyone on the dance floor comes running up, not to where we are. They run over the wreckage of the house, like yelling our names. <laughs> like, oh my God. We gotta go. like, <laughs> the floor was attached as well. Like, <laughs> naked in our sleeping bags. Like, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at, at Meteor Crater down the road near Winslow, they measured 117 miles an hour on the wind that night. Woof. Wow. Yeah. Yep, that was 2014. That was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was in, I brought the GP tent there uh, yep. and it was standing up pretty good, but I had already tried to go to sleep too. So I was in my bed and mm-hmm. I felt the wind come and, you know, the GP tents, they don't have a floor. So my big thing is like, oh man, there's going to be so much dust in here, but yeah. somehow it stays up and I feel the gust of wind come and go. And then I hear the whole post office blew away. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, and for everyone who's never been there, like this, the tent that he was sleeping in, was like what thirty feet from our house? Yeah, yeah, it was like, just it's down the right hill. There, yeah. And uh, I, I ran up and I did catch you guys in the bed, and I was like, yeah. "Are you okay?" <laughs> no, I actually have fine. a selfie that we took in bed. My makeup's all smeared out from like probably not ten minutes before this happened. Oh nice. my gosh! Yeah, oh, that was nuts. And so um, it, we got lucky because that GP tent, it's made to hold, you know, seven soldiers or eight soldiers or something like that. And uh, it was just me and my sister in it. And uh, you were and like, hey, the WCC. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you guys have a little extra room in there? And we're like, of course we do. <laughs> nope, no room. Just the two of us. We no backup. We, we had not brought any tents. We we carpooled there. So there was no way we could sleep in a vehicle. Uh huh. Like we only had like a Jeep, I think. 
Yeah. I I yeah. say it only got more fun. It only got more fun once you guys moved in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a great time at the whole event. Uh, and But yeah, that was another time the WCC sucked at what we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, uh, often at uh, these desert events, especially when we're talking post-apocalypse, things can go wrong. Um, and you just have to kind of go with them and make do. And uh, Mitzi, I believe you are uh, an ace when it comes to the show must go on. <laughs> uh, indeed I am. I have become quite practiced at this point at um, dealing with the mishaps that can happen when you're trying to be a, you know, insert air quotes here, fancy dancy desert lady. Um, <laughs> I didn't know there was any other way to do burlesque until like two years ago. Cause I, you know, the, I started burlesque in the wasteland. And so I just like got used to all of these weird adaptations. And then I come back to the like Las Vegas burlesque scene and everyone's like, what in the fuck is wrong with you? You horrible dirt gremlin. Get out of here. And I was like, is this not, is this not normal? Oh shit. Okay. That's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's so many little things that you don't think about that can go wrong. Uh, that you just kind of have to power through. And um, like, I, I give this advice to every single one of the new burlesquers that comes in or new performers that comes in. Um, and it's number one, nobody knows your choreography, but you. <laughs> so as, as long as you keep moving, everyone's going to know it's fine. <laughs> because, because honestly, like there's something's going to go wrong during your act. It's just a given. Um I think the very first time I had to learn that lesson on the fly is I had pasties on, you know, like you do for burlesque uh, Mm -hmm. and I had a corset on. And so I'm undoing my corset and my pasties were connected by chains and the chains connected to my corset. And then I took off my corset to toss it Uh. and both the pasties went with it. (laughs) Just, just gone, just gone. I was like, Oh no. Okay. How do we finish two thirds of an act with my arm in front of me? And you just, you make it work. Uh, you just, you, you adjust your choreography on the fly. Um, the 2014 wind year, I lost uh, a piece of my costume because I tossed it up and the wind took it and it landed on someone's barbecue grill two camps no, behind us. No. Yep. Uh, they came over with their tongs, came over with their tongs. They're like, uh, does this belong to you? And I was like, yes, it does. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And it's uh, only been improved. Distracted. <laughs> right, exactly. It's more distressed now. It's got those nice burned edges on it. Um, there was... Uh, so terrain comes into play a lot. Uh, when we're all at home rehearsing, we're doing it on tile floor or carpet or maybe our nice flat backyards. And you don't remember to account for the fact that you're doing this in the dirt and uneven surfaces. Um, I had a chair routine (laughs) and dirt and rocks and uneven surfaces or that one year when we did it at, um, oh, it was the storm crows camp at detonation on this slippery ass piece of plastic that they put out. They're like, this will be like (laughs) a stage that, that that was like an ice skating rink. That was a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there was one where I was doing a chair act and I'm going into like my final pose on, and the whole chair tips over and I end up in a headstand with my chair like resting against me. And like everyone's like, woo, clapping because it's the end of the act and I'm still just holding the pose. And then the music ends and everyone's like, 
is she gonna get down? And I just had to holler, like, can someone come tip me back up? I'm literally stuck like this. <laughs> it's you just gotta keep powering through no matter what weirdness ends up happening. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think Wastelanders are really good at like just accepting whatever happens because we really are. Yeah. There's no getting around it. <laughs> uh, we have one girl in the Mollies, Snickerdoodle, uh, who did a performance. And it just, every time we see the video, it hurts our souls a little bit <laughs> because it was a beautiful performance and she'd been practicing at home and practicing and it was flawless. And she starts to go for her like power slide move and she's running and she's going to do this knee slide and you can see it coming and you see in her eyes this instant before she realizes, oh no, I'm on gravel. Power slides anyway, shreds her legs, just shredded them, but powers through and finishes her act. We get her all cleaned up afterwards. It was all fine, but like, I am, I am forever impressed by every performer out there who can power through (laughs) less than ideal performance conditions. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'm going to invoke a toast to them by arbitrarily saying Warchief Grim. Oh, there we go. I I appreciate (laughs) that. Warchief Grim does when he power slides on gravel. (laughs) (laughs) And you've by by way also created uh, a new version of burlesque, bloody burlesque, bloody burlesque, dirty burlesque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trying to do. Back when we were all young burlesquers, uh, we all collectively, uh, and you're trying to do your makeup in the wind. And now by this year, I'm like, nope, just slap some eyeliner on and call it good. They can't tell anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I love your shows. You guys always put on a hell of a show. It's always like I can tell you put in some hours before Wasteland. We do. We put in Um, a lot of practice and we love it. We love it so much. That's so wonderful. And you guys are like, I mean, burlesque as a whole is very uh, body positive, very open. um, And you guys are all of that and more. Oh, Um, yeah. It's always a pleasure to watch. Yeah, I I discovered it, you know, after I turned 30. So I'm well past the like traditional performer age. But like, I've loved it. And it's given me so much confidence and so much of my own like self positivity that I want everybody to be able to feel that like, it doesn't matter what you look like or who you are, everyone should be able to discover that thing that makes them happy and makes them feel strong and confident and badass. And I, I love that about alcohol can work. <laughs> sure. If that's your thing, go for it. <laughs> Mitzi, I want to, I want to give you some kudos here. Cause I have seen a number of your shows and I think I, I emceed one of them. You did. Um, and uh, that love that you all have for what you do really comes through and that's like the thing i love most about watching you all perform is just how into it you all are Uh, and i'm watching you have a great time doing this thing that you love and that's that's an awesome experience so thanks of course thank you that warms my heart so much that's (laughs) i i love doing this and it's really nice to have an audience so i don't just have to do it in my yard (laughs) (laughs) It, it is definitely cool to see how many people in general have grown into a craft through events like this like i don't remember oh, yeah i don't i don't think you'd done a lot a lot of burlesque at least when i saw you the first time at uranium 2014 springs. was the first 2014 at uranium springs was my first burlesque performance oh my god i saw your first burlesque performance yeah yeah same i think yeah. i mean of it that yeah. was good but <laughs> i mean you've taken that to whole other levels since then. <laughs> yeah watching old videos you're like whoa all right, I put in some time since then, clearly. Oh, yeah. If I listen to <laughs> old Wasteland Radio recordings from our first few times, I'm just like, oh, I'm so yeah, sorry. I was imagining everyone through that. 
<laughs> yeah. And I got to say, as uh, you know, for, for like Wasteland as a whole, it's been magical over the last decade to watch people discover the gaps in our little society and fill them. Oh, yeah. You know, think about like yeah. how many jobs have been filled and mm-hmm. how many tribes have like become the tribe to to do something new. I mean, Last Chance Casino, uh, WCC, you guys were a couple of the first to like say, here is our job. And if you guys are on, were on Main Street, you would make sense. No, and I don't mean Main Street Wasteland. I mean like Main Street USA, <laughs> like to have a casino and then a, a post office and it just keeps going. You know, we've got bars now. We've got all sorts of stuff. It's just so cool. Yeah. I feel like when the, the DXC started putting up their, like their mission board, that was like one of those huge moments of like, oh yeah, that's a thing we didn't have. And now we do thanks to hard work by people I never get to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> right. All those little tasks that have filled in over the years are so impressive. I love that. And I, it's I such think a it cool way to look at like society oh, in general. Yeah. Of just like that's how communities grow together. Yeah. I, I think it's be stubborn stuff that needs to be done. A core value of the wasteland community, which is like people not people have value, everyone has value, but like <laughs> people people are seen as valuable in the wasteland community if they contribute to everyone having a good time. Right. Like if they contribute to the project, if they contribute to this like awesome experience, because we we're all going out in the middle of nowhere in the desert and it would just be the middle of nowhere in the desert if it wasn't for everyone like really putting effort into making it somewhere that we want to be and is worth being. Uh, And I think that, you know, one of the things we value about people at Wasteland are people who who try to do their part to make that. And their part looks different for everybody and what people can bring are different. You know, like it's not, it's not a competition. Uh, but when you commit to making this thing better for everyone like that, that is what shines out there. And I, that's one of the things I love about the Wasteland community. Yeah. I love that because you have the people that build these amazing camps that, you know, are so in theme. And then you have people that go around and give these little experiences that, you know, maybe not everybody at Wasteland gets, but they go from camp to camp. And some people will remember that for years and, and having those people that bring different aspects of a memorable event to everybody is so cool. Yeah. I know that, um, when you were with the, uh, last chance casino disco, you guys were kind of the first ones, um, to plan to invite Wastelanders into your camp, as opposed to like just Wasteland in general, as a means of like entertainment. And that was a great start to what has become like so many tribes having um, places where people can come and and hang out. Yeah, uh, I think for the first three years that we went, 2011, 12, and 13, we were the only interactive attraction. Uh, Actually, no, I don't want to discount the post office. But we we were the only like interactive entertainment venue. Um, right. Uh, again, don't want to discount the post office, but uh, <laughs> not very entertaining. Uh, <laughs> and and it, it was cool, and that was that was that was a neat thing. And and but in 2014, we suddenly ended up across the street from a miniature golf course, uh, and we were so excited by that, um, by this idea that like, oh wow, like people are now making these interactive experiences. Uh, uh-huh. I, my cousin, there's a little bit of an aside, but my cousin is really into the whole like immersive theater scene in LA. Not lately, obviously, but, um, and, uh, and he kept trying to get me to go to all these immersive theater things. And I, I was conceptually interested in it. Uh, but I, I found myself just kind of like fatigued by the whole idea. And I, I didn't end up going to any, and I was thinking about it later. And I was like, oh, that's right. Because I spend this huge portion of my life designing 
and participating in a massive immersive <laughs> theater experience. And like, I don't have a need to do a bunch more of it over here. Uh, it's, it's a really uh, which, cool which one is that you're talking about? <laughs> you guys think? Uh, do you go to Ren Fair? Is that? <laughs> oh, uh, right, right. Um, well, what we do at the casino uh, is something I really like about it. And even though I'm not uh, like all official the casino anymore i'm still going to be dealing blackjack there because i love doing that and i'll be awesome dealer and whatnot but that that blackjack game yeah. that i do it's it is really an immersive theater experience and it's kind of a a thing i like about it is it's kind of long form like you can come and you can just play a bunch a couple hands and, and fuck around but i don't know if any of you spent like a prolonged period of time at my table but there are callbacks oh, yeah. we build relationships with people regulars when they show up at the table again get like integrated in a special way um and i i really try awesome. and reward people for uh for investing their time there it means a lot to me and i want to make sure that that experience gets richer for them every time they come back um yeah that i don't know where that came from but should i like doing it in, in a weird yeah. shout out uh, uh the yeah. one of the main reasons that i think i came back after my first year of voice End was because of the last chance casino awesome uh, cool. i i'm delighted to hear that <laughs> Yeah, because that's that's a place where I spent a bunch of time. Because uh, we had some interactive stuff for our, our first year, but uh, first of all, no one showed up for it, and second of all, we had no place to sit or any shade, which might have played into that a little bit. Um, so I, but in the evenings we had nothing, so I was just like wandering around. And uh, Last Chance Casino was pretty much the only place you could like walk in and yeah. hang out. Like we had the little Rumble Bubble. Thunderdome-esque little thing where they had oh, some yeah, shows. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And there was the dystopian slut militia mm-hmm. had oh, some music cool. going. But that was yep. like the only things going on in the evening other than the Last Chance Casino. And I ended up yeah. like spending my whole evenings there. Yeah. In the early years, it was that was like the beacon to get home. You'd end up wandering <laughs> out through Tent City and then you're like, how do I get back? Oh, uh-huh. the casino. Got it. That's, yeah. that's where everybody's headed. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, uh, as we got to the end of the evening and we didn't have a set close time, we were just like, are we done here? People were so <laughs> enthusiastic about it that they wanted to keep gaming. So we just turned the casino over to the patrons and we like selected some people and we're like, okay, you work this table, you work this table. When you're awesome. done, kick everybody out and close the doors. And then we all left. Amazing. <laughs> That's so great. Do you remember back uh, 2012, 13, 14, when, if you had lights on at night, you were one of the only tribes, like oh, the yeah. Dukes of the Nuke and the yeah. WCC, when we camped together, we put the lights on at night and it was just like flies to you were the, the night candle. spot. Like yeah. for, I think three or four years, we, I would go out with whoever and do weird shit at night, and then it was always like, okay, but when we're done, we're gonna we're gonna hit the Duke's fire, uh, and we would come on by and then sit around and kick it with people for another hour or two before we went to bed. Like that was every night, and it was it was delightful. You guys, you really brought it. Yeah, it's how we ended up hosting Wasteland Radio. Yeah, it, so true. It predates the WCC, but they needed someone to run it at night because the command center didn't have power at night. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. And the WCC camp was the only place that had electricity. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, can you take over the transmitter? And we were like, I guess, I mean, <laughs> and then some I'm things a- happened and now it's a whole thing. 
I remember in 2011, they had that, um, that whole scene and there's not a whole lot of, there was not a whole lot of theater back, uh, in the early days of Wasteland, but there were a few scenes that they set up and they had tanks showing up on the Dukes of the Nuke, um, uh, not the Jeep, the Land Rover, the Range Rover, whatever it was, the Toyota Land Cruiser. There it is. <laughs> um, and they wanted him to show up at the front gate and have everyone go. So it was like, you know, he's storming the castle, except they were like, we don't have any light. Hey, uh, Mike, can we use your generator? <laughs> and I was like, do you need light yeah. too? They're like, yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I lit the whole front gate and that's why it's too loud to understand what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know, and, and everyone just keeps filling these gaps and you always imagine there's going to get to a point where it's everyone trying to entertain people and nobody, nobody being entertained, like, you know, too many cooks and no one's trying the soup, oh, but it's really, it's like, we're all entirely made of NPCs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but instead it's like, we're all trying each other's soup. We're all going around and enjoying each other's shows. Uh, and it's so great. Yeah. We also can't forget that there's, you know. We, I mean, a lot of us kind of know each other, the people who, who run things at Wasteland and that circle of people keeps expanding, thankfully, with new people who come in and, and have new amazing ideas. And uh-huh. we, we kind of feel like, like I have people who I'm just continually impressed with who've done like amazing things for Wasteland, like the um, Outpost 364, their whole setup. Oh, yeah. And of it course. feels like that's been at Wasteland forever. And like, it's, it's a few years. And, and three, when you, three? in any other context, people who I think of as quote unquote new, like I feel bad about it because in any other context, if you've been doing something for three years, like you're not new anymore. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just that I know. you've gotten too old. So it feels like everything is new. <laughs> but we, because I think because we all kind of like know each other or interact with each other in a different way because, you know, we need help or we reach out to someone and you kind of become connected. It's easy to forget that there's like, thousands of people who show up to wasteland who just show up to wasteland yeah and yeah i've yeah. had the opportunity the last couple of years to meet some of those people out in like tent city and some of those people don't even come into wasteland city for the whole event right that's so weird i i, <laughs> I think so too but i mean that's their experience of wasteland right they're going right, there to yeah. like party with their friends in this immersive environment and having all kinds of fun i don't think we'll ever run out of like i don't think anyone should ever be afraid to like bring something to wasteland in fear of like, no one's going to look at it because there's so many people. At Wasteland right <laughs> That's now. true. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's so many different varieties of interest. Like you mentioned people that don't leave camp. Like some people do just want to come hang out, hang out by the fire, have a beer with their buddies in costume. Uh, and other people like, uh, disco there cannot sit still for a half second (laughs) sitting still right now is a big problem for me (laughs) and i apologize to everyone for all the clicks and pops you're hearing throughout this podcast it is entirely my fidgeting please continue Um, some of us are sharks and we never stop moving it's fine (laughs) so true oh speaking of which disco this is something i i've picked up on over the last few years you uh somehow got recognized as someone who can host things and often get shoved into hosting last second uh how Air does that shoved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes, please. I would like to. <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite thing that you've hosted at Wasteland? Oh, uh, what an evil question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who do I want to disappoint the most? Uh-huh. Um, I, cause you, you've, I, I, I you've can't, called can't out jugger to... matches and you've done the, the swimsuit contest. And I mean, oh, it's yeah. endless. You've, 
you've you know what? I, the roast, all right, right? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make one person really fucking happy right now, <laughs> uh, which is uh, my buddy McAffle of the Rec Room. Um, he uh, reached out to me uh, two years ago now. Th- oh, actually, probably more than that because time has no meaning anymore. But um, <laughs> asking to collaborate about some stuff uh, at the Rec Room. And um, he and I now have like kind of a hosting partnership. And at Wasteland, we did a game show, which went very poorly. Like he had this (laughs) great idea for um, for game show. And, you know, he loves like old TV game shows. And we did it and we got all these tribes involved and we made all these questions beforehand. And he made signs and like ran back into town and made them. And it turns out like I had watched the show once and like it was kind of a dumb <laughs> game show and uh our level of investment was very different um but we made it work and everybody had a real good time and that that kind of cemented i think our working relationship and all the shows we've done since then our variety shows and whatnot have uh i think been a lot better yeah um so that that was a particular yeah, you two are a great duo yeah agreed uh, yeah agreed. we did yeah. a virtual show recently which uh which was an absolute blast um, and we've got another one coming. Can I? Oh, it was so thing? fun! Is that is that a thing I can do? Yeah, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So well, if you are listening to this, uh, before, I'm not sure when this is going to launch yet. But. <laughs> if you are listening to this before March 27th, 2021, uh, then on March 27th, 2021, you should come by the Bucket Fake It Champions Edition, uh, Wasteland's premier lip sync competition. Um, we are going to have people who uh, were badass <laughs> it before, badass at it before, be even more badass at it now. Um, and, uh, you can watch them and laugh and drink with your friends and we'll probably record it and post it. So if you're listening to this after then, uh, go find it. The internet is yours. You now have a quest. <laughs> you should shout out who the amazing judges yeah, who are, are. Who are the three amazing judges that are going to be well, on that? I wonder. I don't want to, I don't want to build them up too much because they're, they're, they've already got kind of like an ego thing going on. <laughs> um, but, uh, one of them is Chops, uh, the Reverend Chops, um, who you may know. Uh, who is a delightful, delightful human. The other two, less so, but uh, one of them is Wasteland's uh, Mitzi Mayhem. Um, she uh, she is is delightful in pretty much all contexts, except for this one. And then the Swede, who, uh, just because he lives next door, keeps like finding a way in. Um, and uh, But I hear, <laughs> I hear he, uh, he knows how to... Listen, my only goal is to be the last judge standing and get the other two judges so drunk that they can no longer function. I will, um, there can be only one. <laughs> other than my first year at Wasteland, it's like the only times I've gotten like bad drunk at Wasteland, it's been because of Mitzi Mayhem and fucking Pokemon. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. If no. you haven't tried the nuclear lemonade, cut that shit. Don't drink it straight. <laughs> nice. How, like I'm sitting in a judge's chair with a cup. Like what am I supposed to mix it with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have an answer for that one. Yeah, no, drink it straight. Yep, same. Oh my gosh, uh, guys, what's the what's the best or worst uh, drink th- or food that you've had at Wasteland so far? Anything I mean, really stick out? Because I remember eyeballs? what? Oh. oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Wait, tell Did me you say eyeballs? Did you feast? Oh, oh yeah, I have, but I they didn't have eyeballs at a Legio feast. Okay, so the... yeah, I haven't done the eyeballs. other tasty things. I've had eyeballs before, and I mean, obviously, there's a texture thing that is not great for modern mouths when it comes to eyeballs. <laughs> it's not bad because it was eyeballs. It's bad because it was eyeballs with sand. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although the heart is so good. They they roast that heart perfectly. All about that I, cheek. I like heart. Oh, yeah. cheek is great. The cheek is oh, real cheek good, is too. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's just legitimately good, but... Uh, sandy eyeball is the worst food I've had at Wasteland. <laughs> I uh, I once got invited to try some alligator that was uh, barbecued on site. Um, Ooh, night lunch, and, yeah. And yeah. honestly, this was some of the best alligator I've ever had, except that was the first bite. And then the second bite got into raw alligator. No. <laughs> no and I was like, no, this, is, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I think I just got, uh, just got the right piece, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, at Legio... They fed me, they had like a polenta and like steak medallions. Like they were going all out that night. They put that all on. It's just. Legio amazes me every single year. Yeah. Uh, Being their neighbor uh, is one of the greatest (laughs) things about our current location. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's interesting. Some of the, um, some of the cooks that come to Wasteland, you know, there's a lot of people that they just want to cook. Like they don't really want to explore. They just want to set up next to their smoker and just have that and feed their tribe. And people want to join the WCC. Right. Um, yeah, Chef Mechanic and his like whole nudes noodles situation. So good. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm, food. Yeah. I think I was Me on too. your meal plan makeshift uh, the last last year I went. <laughs> oh yeah, the meal plan is it's not it's not bad. Um, it can be a little chaotic because. Um, we've, so we've got Mongo and Bacon bring up this this smoker, which is built in like an old newspaper kiosk thing. You know, you pump the quarter in, open it up, and there's your newspaper. Well, instead, oh, it's it's like brisket or like roast or something. So they'll smoke it in there, except it's not a real smoker. So it's really tough to um, set your temperature. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm always running in and out of camp. And I'll come back to be like, hey, meat's going to be done in 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'll be here 45 minutes later. Hey. Uh, meat's going to be done in 45 minutes. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> like, it's not getting up to temperature. Oh, okay. I'll be back. And then I come back again and it's gone. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Our, our cooking has always been off. I have a couple new recruits I'm trying to bring into the tribe that they're those people that just want to come hang out and cook. I'm not saying it's because of this, but uh, remember when, when the Dukes and WCZ camped together, you had access to something we call a kitchen. Yeah, that was really nice. That was really nice. I love all y'all that cook at Wasteland. I don't bring anything to heat food with at all. We just have too many people there for too long is the thing for the WCCs. Uh We have to have like a full kitchen and running water because like I'm there for two and a half weeks minimum. That's fair. Yeah. I'm usually there for eight to ten days. Yeah. There's Uh no time to like there's people in our tribe who are very public facing and then there's people who aren't very public facing, but who you could not live without for a uh-huh. minute whose sure. job are things like, Oh, they're really good at like rigging stuff or putting things on top of other things mm-hmm. or, or just people like powerhouse in our tribe who, whose main job is literally making sure whoever needs electricity has it and making sure there's water in the water tower. Nice. Yeah. And like without that, what like how do we even do anything? Because when I need water, I go turn a, a spigot, and water comes yeah. in my cup. I don't have time to mess with a bunch of nonsense. You guys do have the best infrastructure in the waste. I'm convinced. It is really impressive. Yeah, my camp is continually horrified by the fact that I managed to stay alive for eight to ten days <laughs> on eating about three cans of ravioli and like my hobo breakfast of tortilla, that squeezy easy cheese stuff. And some no. bacon, and some like pre cooked bacon, no. and like 
I'll eat Mitzi. one of those, and then like two days later, a can of ravioli, and then just like an ass load of nuclear lemonade. <laughs> and for some, <laughs> somehow I end up alive at the end of this event. I, I bring enough program people go through. <laughs> where people like cook for a day, um, and then you just eat the other days. <laughs> so I, uh, I bring enough like canned food for every meal if I need it, but I rarely go through all of it because my my like approach to meals is friendship. Um, so <laughs> I sign up for like two meal plans of other tribes and, awesome. and pay for whatever their buy-in is for those things. And then I just, when I'm hungry, I wander around and let people, I know I'm hungry and typically people emerge with food. And then I always know that I've got those two places I can go and like have a dinner <laughs> if I need it. Uh, it works, out, yeah. works out pretty well. It's amazing. How's What's that going to work in like post COVID times? Right. Ooh, good know. question. Listen, oh, no. easy cheese is COVID friendly. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe Mitzi is the one who's like most <laughs> equipped yeah. to survive. Who's, who's actual apocalypse ready? Yeah. This possum over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actual trash right here. <laughs> Mitzi, oh my goodness. Possum mayhem. Yep. Yeah. Just, just one of them little, little trash monsters. <laughs> I tried doing the like canned food and MREs and like granola bars in one for one year and i i i couldn't i mean you already have problems like just having a bm <laughs> you know and so why would i put anything else in there that's going to make it even harder <laughs> it's fair yeah MREs are not the way to go no no, no. no they are not no you and you need poop less but when you do oh boy <laughs> yeah it's always like 3 days after you get there that you can finally go and you're like okay i'm going to be i'll be able to survive another day or two <laughs> it's remember stupid. when wasteland used to be that short yes Aww. yes yeah. yeah 2011 could... was friday through sunday yeah, yeah. if yeah. you played your cards up right at like 11am i think and yeah. uh-huh noon sunday we like packed up yeah the good old days. Yeah, as a that's guy, why you the photos avoid... remained clean for so many years. <laughs> Damn. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> no, 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 they did not. So bad. And I think all my food came out the other way that first year. So. <laughs> oh, no. uh, sweet, I didn't realize you and I had such a similar experience in talking about. <laughs> that's that's been another one of my things because you know I'm I'm running gun from basically 10 a.m. until two in the morning every day, um, and so. I'll have a drink when the sun goes down, not before, and usually one, maybe two on Saturday. I don't drink most of Wasteland, and I never yeah. drink on Saturdays anymore. Oh, yeah. God, no. You don't drink Sunday on Saturday. Yeah. Day. Like, how am I yeah. supposed to do that hungover? Yeah. There's no way. No, yeah, we, no way. At the casino, we would tell people, like, Friday night is get weird night. Uh, <laughs> and Saturday, like, fucking take it easy. <laughs> yep. See, and most yep. of my nights are performance nights. So my get weird night is usually uh, the, like, early arrival day, like that Thursday. I'm like, all right, that's my <laughs> night. And then, I'm, and then I'm on duty for the rest of the evenings. But that night, yeah. I'm like, here we go. It's going to get wild. <laughs> Just do one day to solidify your reputation for the week and then chill. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you just slow sip for the rest of the weekend. That's a good yeah. way to go at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the it's casino, kind of... one of our, our like rules internally was uh, like, well, it's sort of the broader one is like handle your shit. But it's like you can drink, you can do whatever you want. But like if you're on shift, be able to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> like that is yeah. the, uh, and um, we operate in the evening and we usually close around midnight. So I would, you know, I would. Drinking is part of my job there, but 
uh-huh. but I would not get um, significantly inebriated, and the opportunity to do so would not arrive for me with my responsibilities done until like one in the morning. Um, at which point I would take advantage of that opportunity for several hours into the evening. And then, you know, uh, that's where sleeping in, I guess, becomes a thing. I'm glad I don't have to run a radio show. at Asian Morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to send out a disclaimer right now in case anyone is listening that has not been to Wasteland or you're still pretty new at it. Um, drinking at Wasteland is a really uh, fine line to walk. You cannot drink as much out there as you're used cool. to. Oh, yeah. sure. You need to drink way more water and you really should count your drinks because if you're going around camp to camp and accepting gift drinks from other people, uh, it adds up really quick. And usually the drinks are pretty strong and made of really cheap booze. Oh yeah. It's yeah. the worst. <laughs> uh, the casino's drinks are awful. I don't drink them. Um, but they are basically <laughs> sugar, water, and flavor powder. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give a shout out here to my personal sponsor, Coconut Water. Uh, oh, coconut every water night before all. I go to bed, I drink one of those big coconut waters, and then I have another one when I wake up in the morning. Yep, uh, that is a miracle the right there. Yeah. Yep. And the last, I, the last little bit of advice is remember to eat something. If oh, you yeah. feel like it. Listen, <laughs> I, I, not all of us need to eat something else. <laughs> uh, I skipped a meal last Wasteland, and it ended up with me spending an hour in the WCC lobby under the very gracious care of Vaccine, who brought me back to life, uh, because I like nearly passed out after just sitting and watching a show, having not eaten in way too long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And the also, WCC, disclaimer. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the WCC water tower is a great place to cool off. Not inside so, it, though. You mean the fountain or the, <laughs> the, or the water tower? Uh, both. The, the fountain, okay, more yeah. or less. <laughs> yeah, because the fountain has, you know, it kind of sprays water throughout the whole room. So it, yep. it gets real cool in there, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I was just going to put a disclaimer out there that, like, also, you don't have to drink if you don't want to. Enjoy so the event true. however you would oh, like to. Sure. Standard, yeah. you know. I've had wastelands where I haven't had any drinks, and we have at least one member in the WCC who doesn't drink at all. Yeah, Yeah. there's plenty of days I definitely don't drink out there where I'm like, "Mm, not today. (laughs) And it's Uh, still last. Yeah, started offering in the last couple of years. Uh, We always had a uh, a non-alcoholic option now. If what you like is bad Kool-Aid variants, (laughs) 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 to getting a drink right, and the social aspect at at the casino involving getting a drink is great that we don't have to yeah. also yeah. have alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, we have sober members. Uh, yeah. We've got Molly's that don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Uh, like I've had this discussion with people, like how weird it is, how many of our, our social things are tied to like poisoning ourselves with ethanol. That we, <laughs> like, oh yeah. I drink some poison every night. It's fun. Yeah. It's just for fun. <laughs> have you guys been to, uh, yeah. have you guys been to Doc Schofield's bar? Yeah. You spin yeah. the wheel and it it's like uh, an emotion and then they feed you a shot of that emotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is delightful and clever. Wow. Yeah. The regret Lots. tastes like regret. The love Oof. tastes like love. It is. It's nuts. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Luckily, they don't have one that tastes like nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Now, now they're going to add it. There was right. a free space on that wheel. <laughs> And yeah, I'm gonna have to have Doc Schofield on the show because he's hilarious too. Oh, for sure, <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's see, guys. I think we're about there. Anyone else want to throw anything out there? Uh, why don't Why don't you tell us a story? Oh man, here's the crazy thing. I don't get into much shenanigans at Wasteland. I've I seen you in shenanigans at Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately called out. <laughs> 
Uh, I robbed the the uh, Last Chance Casino once. Nice. Was, See, that, that was fun. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is actually like the first time I was like, guys, I'm playing the game. So there are. Um, this was the middle years of Wasteland where we started doing relics, mm. and. Um, it was really cool. Some of the tribes would take a single item. And this comes from people stealing things that they weren't supposed to steal. So we started taking a single item that you were supposed to steal. And we marked it with a symbol that said, hey, this is okay. And the Last Chance Casino had Boss Cap's first cap, which was uh, just a tiny little bottle cap mounted on a saw blade, which was then mounted on a wooden board. It's, it was the about- The heaviest wood we could find. <laughs> <laughs> it was so heavy. And um, I think it was around Friday night, we caught wind of it around the Dukes of the Nuke. Hey, the LCC has this relic, but no one's been able to steal it yet. Um, and Ladyfingers was the one kind of like spreading this around because she was like, we're kind of disappointed no one's got it yet. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> tell me more. Uh, and this happened to be the year that Mongo was teaching everyone how to pick locks ooh. because it was a new skill he got. And so he taught me how to pick locks and I was, I picked up on it pretty quick. And then um, we started, the rumors about the relic were popping up and the LCC had, uh, their relic was was dead bolted to the, a wall or something. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go get Back it. Bar. Except, yeah. Except it was, that one was a, um, a decoy. Was that a real decoy? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, it was a really good decoy. And then, um, I finally spotted it behind the bar, but of course you guys had great security. Um, and here's where I get to take advantage of one of the few things I've got, which is my camera, which gets me into all sorts of places that most people are not allowed to go. Including oh, so it's like my personality. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I was able to slip behind the bar. I remember whoever was bartending at the time, looked back at me and were like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, just getting some B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we deserved that. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm in my like my military overcoat. As soon as he turns around, I look, no one's looking, and I just turn around, I grab this thing, way heavier than I expected it, and bigger than it looked from 10 feet away. And I tried to shove it under my jacket. It wouldn't quite fit. <laughs> so it's like sticking out, even though I'm covered over. And I like ducked down between your wall, the hubcap wall. I like mm. snuck right through there. And so I'm like, I got it. I got it. What do I do? I get back over to the Dukes and Vash, Rob Vash, who is, he's, he's the guy that lives in our armory he, and basically sends everyone on missions. So I consider him our missions expert. Nice. Um, I was like, what do I do now? And he's like, he's, he's like the straight man to the rest of your tribes. Come <laughs> <again>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He always takes everything very seriously and he's always incredibly well armed. <laughs> um, but I, I was like, all right, what do I do now? He's like, I don't know. Uh, I guess sit on it for a little bit and see if anyone comes over asking for it. I didn't know that the rules at this time were to like leave behind a calling card or to like send a note so that the game could continue. And this is Saturday night, like Wasteland's coming to an end. And here I am just holding this thing. Uh, and that's how it ended. <laughs> I ended up like having to take it home with me because we couldn't make a deal. <laughs> so anticlimactic after all of that. Yeah, it, it really was. And then I like, I ended up talking to boss cap over the Facebooks and being like, Hey, let's make a deal. I want VIP access for all the Dukes. And he's like, do you even have it? I was like, I might. And he was like, no deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ended up giving it because, you know, coming back into the next wasteland, uh, I didn't know how much I was going to be able to play. So I just handed it to Warchief. Uh, drink, by the way. Sorry. Well, cheers. 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 And I said, I said, hey, Warchief, I got you this, you know, as tribute to the tribe. 
because he outranks me still. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Drink. Who are you talking to again? Uh, that was War Chief. Drink. <laughs> and um, so he took it, and I was like, go get us the best deal you can. And I don't remember what the deal was, but it was ridiculously disappointing. <laughs> oh, no. I think he traded it for like a, a prop weapon or something's really dumb. He was not the best negotiator. Can I can I tell you a very short story about the worst negotiator in the group? <laughs> yes, please. Be- because it's Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> there was this time I was in the WCC camp. I think I was in the in like the atrium area where the fountain is. Uh-huh. And Mongo is standing there with someone else, and I don't remember who it was, so let's say it was Vash. Okay. <laughs> Just to throw Vash under the bus completely here. Um, the, this person, who shall remain unnamed, uh, who is part of a tribe, JMC, that shall remain unnamed, uh, comes in with a important personal artifact belonging to the Baron. Ooh. Oh. That Mongo really wanted. <laughs> and he he looks at Mongo and says, well, you can't have it unless it's over my dead body and winks. <laughs> <laughs> Insinuating in some way that he's expecting to be killed over this item. <laughs> and Mongo's response was to look him straight in the face and go, okay, we'll think about it and walks off. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so I said, I'll kill you, and then stabbed him and took the thing. Nice. And that's awesome. how I ended up getting a grenade thrown at me by Critical Bigs. I think you skipped a step there. <laughs> uh, I used this personal artifact to take over the Mushroom Cloud Lounge. Critical Bigs saw me sitting in the throne, thought I was the Baron, and lobbed a grenade in. He's always throwing those grenades. Right. He's always throwing grenades. Yep. His kill count is, it's got to be in the hundreds, but it's mostly the same people over and over again. At least, like, (laughs) grenades are are not easy to come by. So, like, if you see a critical bigs grenade thrown at you and you pick it up, in that last moment of life you have, like, you should be flattered. Be honored. (laughs) Spent real resources trying to take you out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let's wrap this up. Guys, thank you so much for coming along. This has been uh, absolutely hysterical. My face is in pain from laughing so hard. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yes, this has uh, been an absolute delight. Weird bullshit for this period of time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Mitzi, Swede, Disco, uh, you guys are all amazing members of the Wasteland uh, world. You add so much to the event. I'm Privileged to call you all friends. Uh, and once again, thank you for coming on. Likewise, good sir. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. thank you. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of Wastelander Stories. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please send it to your friends. And if you hated it, send it to your enemies, along with a Merle Haggard mixtape. <laughs> I butchered that, but it's staying just like that. All right, guys. Until next time, stay alive. Hey, survivors, Makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. 
Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse, and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com backslash theapocalypsepost.